We're Courtney Gilroy, Gina Quattrochi, and Jordan Strobeck. Our direct sales business brought us together, and it's our full lives as six-figure mom entrepreneurs that bring us here to share all of our best experiences and education with other moms building their social selling empires during nap time. We're so glad you're here. Welcome to the Social Selling Collective, the podcast. Hey, social sellers. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're talking about one of the greatest pain points that we hear about most often from moms who are running their own businesses. And that's Oh, but it takes so long and we understand it is incredible how much work goes into something as simple as a social media post and how complex something like a product launch can really be. Not to mention the daily tasks you have to do to keep everything afloat and your children alive that can get overwhelming. And it's exactly why having the goal of building a scalable social selling business should be on every single mom's to-do list. And trust us, we are not ones for putting more on any mom's to-do list. I look at scaling as increasing how efficiently you're generating revenue. In other words, how efficient are you at getting money to come into your business? How fast and reliable can you make your business yield your intended results? So in today's episode, we're talking about why scaling doesn't need to be scary and how to start getting excited about the actual steps of scaling your business, because it's not just possible, it's necessary. So I'll kick us off with idea number one here of talking about the idea of batching tasks for productivity. And I know that I have cheerleading from Gina and Jordan over here because we (laughs) talk about it so much, but for good reason, you know, there are parts that sound super intimidating and maybe for you, batching tasks for productivity is intimidating. Maybe it just feels like a, a mammoth of a task to do, but thinking about batching or some smart productivity plans could actually be the tools that make you feel the most secure in your mom entrepreneurship. How nice would it feel to just not be so jittery and flustered as you move through your days every time you sit down to work, right? So for example, when we're talking about batching tasks and you get in the habit of that, something that um, we find is that you're suddenly just not as willing to do scattered work anymore. You start prioritizing the efficiency of a true work block when that becomes available to you. And no one knows that more than I think Jordan Strobeck, who (laughs) sits down for epic work blocks all the time. And the reason she says that is because they get mass pings in like our little data center <laughs> for me because I'm just not going to tattle on how many boxers I opened up to yesterday. <laughs> Listen, because you're on though. She's still doing it. <laughs> exactly. So this is why I think batching is so important. So I'm just going to give an example of, of two things I batch. I batch, well, it's really under the same umbrella, content creation. I batch my social media posting. And I also batch my newsletter, my newsletters, my newsletter content. And the reason is this, when you sit down, we've all experienced writer's block, right? You sit down and you're like, what do I do? What am I going to talk about? I have no idea. And you're just not in the flow. You're not in your zone of genius. It's just not happening. But the reason that I love to batch content is because when I sit down and if I'm in that creative zone, 
there's nothing more productive productive than actually batching all of my content because if i'm going to waste you know my my creativity on just one post and then be done and go to something else guess what i just really lost out on an opportunity to probably get through 10 or 20 posts that are going to feed my social media for the next month or two months or whatever it might be. And Wait, can I pause you and ask for a question? Yes. I feel like if I'm thinking this, other people are probably thinking this too. Do you intentionally say, okay, on Friday morning, I'm going to sit down and batch or do you wait until, yeah, you are feeling creative and you know that like, well, I need to write this newsletter and I'm feeling like I've got some good flow going. I'm going to sit down and knock these out or how do you usually work? Yes. As you know, I make my list oftentimes the night before and my intention will be to wake up and actually write my newsletters. If I wake up and I'm just not inspired and what I'm putting out there is subpar, then I'm going to just shift to the next thing on my list that maybe doesn't require as much like creative focus. And I'll just push that for the next day. And so, um, and so I think, yeah, I think you've got to work again and your, you know, your content is so important, right? It's your brand voice. You want to put out quality. So that's something I would say, don't do subpar show up when you have that fresh, you know, cup of hot coffee, the caffeine's pumping through your veins and you're like ready to get to it. And so this morning, you know, I, I actually woke up and I batched a bunch of content and, but I was in the zone. The kids were asleep. I woke up at five o'clock and I had my coffee and I had, you know, a healthy little breakfast and I was just feeling it. And so I didn't stop until I was forced to stop when the kids woke up. And so I just think you've got to, you've got to work in, um, yeah, you've got to work in your rhythm. And I would say when it comes to batching, there's so many resources too out there that help you with this, right? So like there's for social media, Instagram, there's Planoly, there's at the time of the recording, Planoly, there's Unum, there's Later. These are all tools that allow you to make batching and auto posting so much easier. So if you don't have a system like this, look into it. I think it would, you know, you'd find it really, really helpful. At least I'll I also have. just really quickly piggyback too, if you're not at the point in your business where you want to really pay for something, you could even do a simple Google doc and write out, you know, the days of the week or what days you want to, you know, if you want to post three days a week or whatever, you could just put those dates on there, come up with some bullet points. Um, so I just wanted to offer another option. If, if you're not at the point where you want to yes. actually outsource and pay for something. It's so smart. And so many of these platforms I just mentioned all have free versions, which is what I use on my personal. So, so absolutely, Gina, it's such a good point. Like you don't have to pay, like there are tools out there or just work. Yeah. Work in your, some people love just the old, good old Google sheet, easy peasy, like, and it's going to provide you so much clarity and, and, batching, you know, batching your items. So that's something that I do. So, but Gina, you're, you're a good, you're a good little batcher too. So yeah, yeah. I, um, so when I, when I first hear the word batching, the, the first thing that comes to mind, well, I, cause I love, ma I love batching things together to maximize productivity. Like both of these women said, so I was thinking of a recent example where I did this and I had, um, you know, the beginning of the year at the time of recording and, everybody's really excited, you know, to launch their goals and talk about, you know, how they're going to implement, uh, their, their, uh, uh, inspired activity to reach their goals. And so I had set up, I'm not joking, probably 30 coaching calls with leaders on my team. So when I looked at that number, I was like, Oh crap, 30 people I'm gonna have to do calls with. Right. Um, but when you think about it and I just got really smart and really strategic and I put in place I want to say six call blocks, six smaller call blocks on my calendar. 
and I broke them down into 20 minute slots. So I just got really, really tight on what I was willing to be available for. And then what I did was I sent out, you know, just a simple, you know, Google Excel sheet to all those leaders. And I said, here is my availability. Sign up for a slot that works for you. And that's all that I said. I didn't say, if these don't work for you, we'll find something else. I just said, here's where I am available. And and it worked and people signed up and it fit into my schedule. I felt great about it so that I knew that I had, you know, I did it in three days back to back. Um, and I just had these small little chunks where I gave myself enough room in between to, you know, go to the bathroom or, or change, you know, go get a water um, or something. But it made it, I was in my zone, right? Like when I showed up for that call, I wasn't distracted by another project I was working on or, um, you know, trying to accomplish something in between. I was back to back and I was, I was really just in my flow of coaching and listening and giving feedback and, um, and it was just, it really, really worked. So it was like a, a, a back to back, like grind of a, of a block, but I just, felt so good because I was in that batching zone, right. Where I wasn't trying to like use my mind on something else. I was just right there. Um, and really, really present with these leaders. And I think it worked out really, really well. And, um, I feel really strong about where their, where their years are going to go. <laughs> well, like, I think that's a testament to why it's so important to get excited about batching tasks and, and feeling into that excitement. Like you, you just get to, let your brain and your momentum of how you're thinking about things, how you're showing up for people, how the best of your leadership, the best of your creativity for both of you, how when you're letting, like turning the faucet on and letting it flow, then you're feeling your best, you're delivering your best. And that's all for free. That's not, you know, if you up, you know, up level your systems or whatever, that then, you might pay for something, right? But that's available to every single social seller right now. And that's a really great place to start with scaling your business is to think about, okay, how can I make the best possible use of my brain? How can I turn that faucet on so that it gets a stream running and batching tasks is definitely a way to do that. So, um, kudos to both of you, because I know you do that so, so beautifully. And I would say that the next sort of layer or level on to get excited about when it comes to scaling would be to then start thinking about automation. And I find that technology can be one of the best assistants for you and the most affordable, you know, some technology like Jordan was mentioning, it has, you know, free plans and you can get started on that. Um, but scaling does require looking at what's available to automate. And that is done through technology. So even if you are a paper planner type person, right? And oh my gosh, I love office supplies and post-it notes more than you can imagine, right? But there is a, a place in business where you do start need to do start to need to lean on the technology that is available. So um, thinking of it in this way, it, what if you could cut down on your repetitive tasks make the unread list in your inbox smaller, not be laboring over the best time to schedule social media posts, then wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to achieve your maximum impact in that way if it was just able to be taken off your plate? And um, so I'll volley that up to you. I know, um, Gina, you always are, are talking about how you communicate with your team and doing uh, like Voxer and stuff. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so actually, I'm really hands-on with my team. And so 
I, I, I usually do a lot of like individual reach outs, a lot of individual check-ins and follow-ups. Well, in, when we talk about scaling, that's not possible all the time, right? Like I don't have the time or the manpower, or I want to work smarter. I don't want to just spend so much time on, on those individual touch points. And so I think there's so many ways to utilize technology to scale. Um, and we've, we've kind of tried them all. I I'm a really big proponent of like, try it, see if it works. If it doesn't work, try something else. There is no one size fits all. There's no, you know, somebody asked me the other day, you know, do you do a team Facebook page? Does that work for you? And I I just would say to you, well, does it work for your people? Right? Like, I'm not going to try to have all my communication be on Facebook if my people aren't on Facebook. Right. And so I would encourage you to really think about what technology will work for you and your people. Right. And so we've tried everything. I mean, we, so I used to do a lot of individual reach outs. Um, and then we moved over to a, a big team Voxer chat. Um, Voxer is a really great app. You can, um, it's a lot like texting, but it's a separate app where you can, you know, voice chat, you could put, uh, videos and, um, uh, and you know, anything you could use it just kind of like a text feature. Um, but that's a great resource. Then we sort of outgrew that and it was getting really noisy. And so we have since broken off and some, you know, my, my teams now use text a lot. We use text a lot, right? Because that's where everyone is. They're on their phones often. And so that's a great way to break into smaller bite-sized groups, um, that work together a lot. So I definitely recommend text. And then my team at large, I have shifted pretty much all of my communication. And I think Jordan has too, um, to email. And what we've done with that is we've really just like kind of smarted up. Is that a way to say it? (laughs) We just smartened up, um, where we wanted a one-stop place where I could reach all, you know, X number of people on my team in one delivery, right? Like I wanted to just work smart. And so, yeah, I've really tapped into Flowdesk, which I know many of you listeners are using nowadays and it is beautiful and easy to use. Um, And so I will send out um, lots of team communication via Flowdesk. Um, So that's just really streamlined. It's made things so easy, a one-stop place where I can meet everybody Uh, where I know that they already are, if that makes sense. Hey, social sellers. We want to be sure you know you're invited to our online course, The Social Selling MBA, that's open for enrollment right now. But only for a limited time. And if you're listening to this podcast when it's published, then you're in luck. And if you're catching a podcast replay, that's okay. Jump on the wait list. But either way, your next step is to head over to socialsellingcollective.com slash MBA to sign up. The Social Selling MBA teaches the solid foundational strategies for building a family-centered social selling business. We cover setting you and your family up for entrepreneurial success, developing a confident personal brand, selling with intention, recruiting a team of A-listers, and then onboarding them like a true leader. If you're feeling like you're missing out on building a family-centered social selling business foundation alongside motivated people like you, then don't miss out. Join us. Join us. Join us at socialsellingcollective.com slash MBA. We'll see you inside. I love that, Gina. And yes, it, I, it's, it's been an evolution to your point. And, but it's, but it's all always about shifting, right? When something, when a platform's no longer working, how do you shift? And so I'm going to share something on this podcast that I myself have not yet 
used or experienced, but my virtual assistants told me about it. My upline told me that a lot of other leaders are getting a lot of success with it. So I'm going to look into it, but it's texting, it's automated texting. And you can actually have a service now where if you have a new distributor or a new consultant or a new coach on your team come into your organization, they're then getting like an automated text, like welcome text and, and tasks every day or however you set it up. And so again, I myself have not utilized this automation, uh, but I've been getting a lot like in the last week, a lot of like three or four different people messaging me about the success with it. And so it's something that I'm absolutely going to be looking at and saying to your point, Gina, how would this work for my people? That's the most important question always. But I think what's so awesome is as technology continues to improve, there's just going to be more and more opportunities to, to automate those things. And of course we're in a people's business, right? And so that FaceTime, that, you know, showing up with your energy, that those personal touch points are always going to be highly, highly important in our business, but where we can automate to help us scale, I think is a really important thing. You know, Jordan, just in, um, hearing you say that, I, I also think it might be a, a good example to share what we've done um, with our welcome emails with our team. As our teams have scaled so much, I love what you said about you cannot let go of the FaceTime though, right? Like you cannot just outsource everything to technology. You do still need to, uh, we, we find it really valuable to show up with our energy, with our, you know, face-to-face -face in some capacity. And so one way that we've done that is we moved away from um, large onboarding calls and Zooms um, and we moved over to an email. But what we did was we created a an evergreen welcome video that Jordan and I recorded one day. Um, and it's, you know, it was really polished. We had it all laid out. We you know, put our makeup on and we put our best sweaters on that day. And, uh, <laughs> we send that email Sweat's out still on the bottom though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Business on top party on the bottom. Yeah. Right? Um, the yeah, so outfit. we, yeah. we created an evergreen video that we could send out regularly. So once a month, we automate that email going out to all of our new consultants that have come into our organization, but they're getting to see our face. They're getting to see our, or feel our energy. Um, and so that's one way that we really automated, um, with the help of our good friend technology. Yes. Yeah. And I think that what's so awesome about all of the options is that you do get to choose what does speak to your people, your clients, your team, in the way that, that you want it to, right? There's always a, an abundance of technology available and, and it's it's okay to just pause and say, okay, I'm gonna just make a strategic decision about this. I get to decide how I wanna show up. It is always important that your face and your voice are communicating the best of, of what you want to get across. And, and it's about just strategizing where you're gonna place those tools and where you're gonna place yourself. And that's something to get excited about as opposed to maybe overwhelmed because, because there is so much, it's easy to get overwhelmed, right? But to look at technology as this is a place of possibility and look at what you could gain back just in your time from letting go some of the reins to the things that are really repetitive. And that can be a really beautiful addition, especially when you have a family, you know, if you're saying the same things over and over and over and over again, chances are that's a great place where automation could be. So that's just a, a idea number two, but we're not stopping there because scaling also does offer you then the additional layer of outsourcing. 
as you build momentum and as you build revenue in your business, there's the opportunity to now truly pay a human for help. Someone who could handle some of even the more personal elements of your showing up in your family life or your business that you don't want to automate, right? We just talked about how important that FaceTime truly can be. And the, the value here is that you're still giving some nurturing and some love in a very relationship-based business, right? You can't just be coldly, um, you know, pitching people or coldly, um, you know, encouraging a teammate and just dropping an email in their inbox and hoping it lands, right? There are certain ways that you want to give some warmth. As you build momentum and revenue in your business, there's then the opportunity to now truly pay a human for help. Someone who can handle the more personal elements of your family life and your business that you don't necessarily want to automate. So we just were talking about how important it is to have FaceTime and to keep relationships warm and nurtured. And technology is not always going to be able to do that for you. You're not going to necessarily... Um, hire a robot to watch the kids, you know, like this is the time where you're going to step in and maybe hire a babysitter or hire yeah. a, a virtual assistant. So can you guys speak a little bit more to what outsourcing can look like and the excitement that can be around scaling your business and getting to that point and being able to outsource? Yes. I love that Courtney. So what I would say an important question before you go into the outsourcing is you've got to ask yourself what in your business 100% has to be you or what in your personal life, a hundred percent has to be you. And what then can I delegate to someone else that will maybe grow my, my business or help my personal life without me actually showing up and doing the work. And so as a quick little example of this in business, right? When I show up with content, my newsletters, that is 100% me. That's my brand voice. I am never willing to outsource that because I want people to connect with me on my different social media platforms or showing up in stories. Like I want them to get me. I want them to experience my energy. If they decide to do business with me or to, you know, buy product, you know, through me, I want them to know who they're experiencing. And, and I just will never outsource that type of, of work. However, when it comes to graphics or my highlights or my newsletter, you know, uh, formatting and the actual sending of my newsletters, I've hired a virtual assistant to do that because truth be told, that takes a lot of time for me. I'm not naturally a creative person from a graphic perspective or a formatting perspective, right? That's going to take so much more time for me to do that. Whereas my energy at this point in my business really needs to be in, in, you know, content creation and workshop planning and leadership development and personal development, right? If I'm spending my time trying to do a graphic on Canva, oh my goodness, I am like, might as well be throwing money out the door because it's just, there's no ROI there for me. So ask yourself, what can you outsource? What does not need to be you and your business? And then what are those things that you are unwilling to outsource to somebody else and hold on to those tight? I couldn't agree more with Jordan's point about really identifying what only you can do. I think that that's a really important distinction. Um, you know, you don't want to just go out there and like be shelling money out. Um, but you want to be really focused on what can I, what do I need to do? for my business or my home or whatever, and what can be done by someone else. So I think that was such a great point um, to really consider um, as you're thinking about 
outsourcing to scale your business. Um, and now I do think this is important to note. Jordan and Courtney know this about me, but I was very slow to jump on the spend money to make money train. I'm like literally the opposite of Jordan, um, <laughs> which I've learned so much. And obviously I've been doing this for a long time. My husband is um, the one that was actually initially always encouraging me. You know, he's like, you got to spend money to make money. And uh, he's very, I'm so risk averse. He's very much like, let's just go for it. I believe in you. You can do it. So it took me a little while to get on that train. And I felt like it was important to mention that because I'm sure there are many of you out there probably thinking the same thing, right? Like, oh, that feels like a lot of money to do something like that. But I want you to start to think about, don't just think about the money right now. Think about what is the cost benefit ratio, right? And so when you really start to think about outsourcing, when you spend money on something, what is the benefit outcome, right? Um, I'm hoping this is like, if you guys are, I'm hoping this is resonating with you all because I think it's so important to think about, okay, well, if I'm gonna spend, you know, let's say $30 on a babysitter, but what is that gonna yield you in, you know, in those working hours? What can you yield, right? And so I really think about it that way. And I mean, I am such a big proponent of um, utilizing a babysitter. And it's it, for me, it's really because I want to be present with my kids when I'm present with my kids. And I was finding that I was trying to juggle it and it was just messy and um, I wasn't giving attention well to anything. And so I outsource now to, I, I set that boundary. I have a setter for these working hours but I yield, you know, X amount of dollars in profit from my business because I'm working during that time. You can also think about it, you know, like Jordan mentioned that I've outsourced to a house cleaner. That's not something that I enjoy doing. It's not something that I want to spend my time doing, but I do like a clean home, right? So that being said, I have outsourced for somebody to come in and clean my home. And what I'm doing by doing that is I'm freeing myself up. So let's say the house cleaner takes four hours out of the day. Well, that's, I'm paying somebody to do that so that I can, you know, the benefit ratio here is so that I have four hours where I can play with my kiddos or we can make pancakes or go on a walk. Um, and those are things that I'm willing to spend money to benefit that time with my children. Um, and so I just, and I, and in doing that, and I'm taking this even a step further. I think if you really look at like the mental health of that and the, the, I'm really setting myself up so that when I come back around to that work block, my, I'm not feeling stressed because I had been cleaning the house and trying to, you know, play a game with my kid at the same time, but I'm, I'm present for my work too, because I, I, they're like in their different little silos. Right. And so that when I show up to work, I'm much more productive. Does that make sense? That makes so much sense. And I initially too, was so on that, uh, more reserved. I'm not spending money. I can do it all. And so I will do it all. And that was a really big grind for a long time at the beginning of entrepreneurship. And if I could turn around now and say to the person, you know, you know, that I was then, oh my gosh, please just know that this is a smart business move. It doesn't make you irresponsible. And I think a story that I know I told myself was, well, if I'm not in making an, if I'm making an investment, say in a housekeeper, and I am not seeing immediate dollars come right out the end of that, like by the time the housekeeper is leaving, then it was not worth it. And I need to see that direct, like linear exchange. And that is 
often never the case. You're never going to see the exact, you know, um, return on investment right in that instantaneous moment. But to trust and to know that the value of your mind, the value of you showing up and coaching your leaders in only the way that you can, that has a much bigger dollar value per hour on it than it does maybe, you know, the babysitter or the housekeeper or the, you know, insert whatever. And so consider looking at what opportunities are available to you in outsourcing so that you can free up in that way. And like Gina just said, you know, preserve that mental health space for you because you totally deserve it. Moms deserve it the most and we need it. We, we are not going to move our families forward or our businesses forward if we're not feeling well. So we could write the book on how to step into scaling your business. We could have taken these three ideas here, batching tasks for productivity, automation with technology and outsourcing to the strategic humans who help move the needle forward in the warm ways. I mean, we could have literally built out those ideas for days and maybe someday we will. <laughs> but the reality here is that there are just so many opportunities to scale a business. We hope that the possibilities that we shared here today get you excited about what's possible for you uniquely scaling yours. So as always, we are so grateful for you choosing to spend your time with us here at the Social Selling Collective. It is always our collective mission to continue to bring you the resources that will help you find the most effective ways to move your business and motherhood forward. And if you haven't already, definitely be sure to join our expanding group of social selling moms over at socialsellingcollective.com slash community. It's totally free. We love popping in there to offer support. We would love to get to know you and your business and your family more inside. And until then, next time, social sellers, we will see you soon. Thanks for listening. This episode might be over, but the conversation is just getting started. Join us inside our free community for moms and direct sales at socialsellingcollective.com slash community. They say motherhood and direct selling takes a village, right? If you loved what you heard today, please consider sharing this with your downline teammates so they can grow alongside us too. And most importantly, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to be here. We'll see you next time.